Welcome to the Diarville Warrior post-game show on Talking Ball, y'all. It's the pre the preview edition. Diarville Warriors versus Ocean Springs Greyhounds. Hanging out with my good old buddy Jeff Shepard, the play-by-play voice of the Ocean Springs Greyhounds. Good evening, sir. Well, hello, sir. Good to see you. We're going to break down a little bit of the uh, Ocean Springs season so far. We're going to talk about a few key players to watch on both sides of the ball, and then we with that we got a little Q and A uh, at the tail end. So we're just going to start on off at the beginning. Give them give them the background on you, Jeff. Where you went to school, you know how you become the broadcaster for the Greyhounds, and we'll go from there. All right, cool, Jeremy. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in New Orleans and uh, went to college at LSU, and then worked in New Orleans at. Uh, Fox 8 television for a couple of years after I got out of college. And then I was uh, lucky enough to get a job on air reporting at WTOK Meridian. I was there for about 18 months or so. And from there, I went to WCBI in Columbus. And I was a sports reporter and sports anchor there. And, you know, I, I know we love, you know, the Friday Night Football Showdown down here. and uh, But, you know, there's only about 25 or 26 schools that play football in South Mississippi. When you're covering football in Northeast Mississippi, it's like 65 schools. And it's uh, basically from uh, one of your favorite places, uh, Noxubee County, north to the Tennessee state line. So, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty busy. And so um, uh, after that, I moved back to WLOX on the coast uh, after Katrina. And I worked at WLOX for about five years and then uh, made the move over to uh, Mississippi Power, where I'm still uh, working in the public relations department. And after I was uh, gone from WLOX for about a year, I got a phone call from Mark Hubbard, the uh, athletic director at Ocean Springs, uh, who's still the athletic director at Ocean Springs, asking me if I was interested in, uh, you know, being the doing the radio. Um, the the Ryan brothers had uh, just retired, I believe, and they were looking for someone. And you know, I was kind of honest with them. I said, "Look, uh, Mark, um, I've never actually called football on the radio. I'd done basketball. I'd done baseball." I said, but I've listened to about a thousand football games on the radio. So I know what it's supposed to sound like, and I'm going to try to do my best to make it sound like that. And I, I guess I've done a good enough job because he hasn't fired me yet. And this is my 11th year. Yeah, it's uh, me and him always talk about this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, there's, it's usually either football or wrestling. That's, uh, That's right. Me and, me, and our, me and our friend, you know, our, our group of friends, it's usually one thing or the other. And like you said, he's the. Play-by-play play voice. This is his uh, second go-around, if you shall. He was a color analyst for a couple of years. Yeah, a couple of years with Nobrit, but uh, always like talking football with him. Uh, so far, Greyhounds four and zero. Yeah, three non-division wins and big win division win on the road at Hancock. Mm-hmm. Uh, how were to give us a quick breakdown of the, the preseason? How the last week was it? Yeah, so um, kind of an odd start to the season, just kind of from a scheduling standpoint, three of the first four games on the road. Uh, We opened up the season, really kind of the the marquee game, the state of Mississippi. It was the Thursday night. We traveled up to Clinton, um, and we were able to come away with a couple touchdown victory up there. Um, A really nice effort by the Greyhounds on the road. We come back the following week, and we beat uh, Hattiesburg up in Hattiesburg, and um, I want to say it was 30, 35 to 6, 35 to 7. And, you know, you're, you're kind of like, uh, oh, that's a big blowout win. Looks good. But there was some struggles with the team, you know. Um, they're, they're replacing a lot of, you know, some, some really good football players, you know, have graduated and are all playing either junior college and, or college football. Uh, really put it together week three against George County. 
uh, pitch a shutout against them, 36 nothing. And then last week we go to Hancock, and look, it's 7 nothing at the half. Um, the Hounds had an opportunity to score right before the halftime break. They had a first-and-goal situation and a couple of penalties on back-to-back plays. Set them up, you know, it's third-and-goal from the 30 or something like that. And so they threw a couple of Hail Marys into the end zone and incomplete. Um, but on the first play of the third quarter, quarterback Bray Hubbard goes 69 yards for a touchdown. The next pos- the next Hancock possession, they move into Ocean Springs territory. Batted ball gets picked off, pick six. And just like that, it was that was kind of it. You could kind of really see the Hawks deflate after that. Yeah. They had done everything you could possibly do to stick with and, and knock off this Ocean Springs team. And... Um, and they played really well right up until those. It was a thirty. It was a, a, a minute and thirty seconds of third quarter action, and fourteen points have been scored. I mean, that's that's a team y'all. I don't want to say you've struggled with, but you've had. It's always been a it's, grind yes. it out kind of game between yes. y'all and Hancock to start region play. Yeah, and and I say this every year when we, when we talk about it, you know, um, and 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 it's just it's just the way it's it's shaken out. I, I believe, like I said, this is my eleventh year doing this. And Hancock's beaten us once for sure. They may have beaten us twice. We did not. We did not make the playoffs either of those years. Because, again, no no offense to anybody, but if they can't beat Hancock, you can't beat Diagonal, and you can't beat Gulfport, and you can't beat Harrison Central. It's just not in the cards, you know. And so we have typically struggled with them some years. One of the things, Jeremy, is I think Hancock more than anybody else in this region changes up what they do on offense. So they're they're usually pretty consistent, you know, from year to year. But you, you can think back over the years you've had. You know, the straight-up option, you've had the wing tee, you've had drop back with four wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, it just it changes every couple of years over there, really more, I think, than anybody else in this region. And we play them first. And yeah. so, you know, they always kind of come up sometimes with some something's a little special. Those they, sneaky little hawks. Sneaky little hawks. And they have a talented team this year. I think they're going to win some games in this region. I think this region's wide open yeah. this year. Yeah, we were going to – we'll get back to that, but uh, I, I agree with you. I think – I'm pretty set on who the top two I would think finishers is going to be, but after that, it's it's all it's all all wide open. Yeah, so no, I agree. Uh, we're going to get to some commercials, and we're going to get right back with you here. Uh, got plenty more to come here with Jeff Shepard uh, previewing Ocean Springs Greyhounds versus the Iowa Warriors. If you're looking for that special bottle of wine for that romantic dinner, all the ingredients to make cocktails for the best party ever, or just want something cold to drink during tailgating and football season, stop by Dane's Liquor and Wines. They have many selections of fine wines and spirits, and they're located at 10394 the Iberville Boulevard, Suite 8, or give them a call at 228-207-0528. Hey, did you know that Mississippi Coast Auto Brokers is the fastest growing dealership on the coast? They have been serving the Gulf Coast for almost a decade with quality pre-owned vehicles. Their customer service starts when you drive into the lot and continues long after the sale is final. They have financing options that are guaranteed to get you into a vehicle that fits your needs and a price that fits your budget. They have two locations to serve you at 10276 Rodriguez Street in Diaberville. And that phone number is 228-641-4798. Also, 11477 Highway 49 in Gulfport. And that phone number is 228-875-5556. Just remember, good credit, bad credit, or funky credit, you're always approved at Mississippi Coast Auto Brokers. With Jeff Shepard, uh... We were talking about 
finishing the the season coming up in Region Four Six A. After Game One, which doesn't give you a whole lot, how do you see it unfolding? So I was really interested to see. I, I kind of had my my sights set on two games: the Diablo Biloxi game um, and the the uh, St. Martin Gulfport game. You know, St. Martin's made a lot of changes. I yeah. think that everybody knows. I mean, they they. They're actually really Ocean Springs North now, you know. I mean, they've, with their coaches' staff, a lot of and connections. A lot of connections there, um, and I was really interested to see how they would play against Gulfport because you know Gulfport took a dip during the pandemic and seems to be kind of coming out of that. Um, I don't know if they're gonna if they're ready to go, you know, on another thirty six game district winning streak or whatever that number was yeah. for so many years. That's- I don't know if they're there yet, um, but I was just interested to see how those two games shook out and. You know, obviously, y'all had a, a back and forth game with uh, Biloxi, and and Gulfport, you know, took a lead, I think, into the half, and was able to get another score in the second half and win by two touchdowns. Um, you know, to me, it, it's always and Harrison Central is always the outlier. We we Ocean Springs, you know, has a tough time with them. Um, they're just a physical team that sometimes we just don't match up. We don't play well them last them. last game. We play season. them last this year, and we play them in Ocean Springs this year. Because um, we play them the week prior. That's right. Yeah. So, um, I, I, again, I, I think, I, you know, and look, I'll be honest with you. Um, I kind of wrote off Pascagoula after Gaucher, you know, drilled them so bad early on, I think, in week one. But then they came in back and played Harrison Central really tough last week. Yeah. So, a lot of fight in the Cats um, and the Panthers over there. So, um, again, I, I, I just think it's a toss-up this year. I, I, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe Ocean Springs and Gulfport, you know, might be the top two. But I don't necessarily think that there's this wide gap of separation no. between those two. I mean, I really think it's, it's going to be wide open. No, it seems to be, like you said, it's very, very close. Uh, I would I would go right in that same venue to where it, I would say what Ocean Springs, Gulfport 1, 2, and then from there it's all wide open. You yeah. know, obviously Biloxi's got the tiebreaker now on our end, but, you know, Harrison Central, who knows what's, you know, in Pascagoula, they're all up. You know, it's, uh, we see, obviously, y'all this week, and then we go to Pascagoula next week. Our schedule is like the opposite of yours, almost, where we played two on the road, uh, two home games to start, and then two on the road. Yeah. And now we're going home, two on the road, home, something like that. We're going to go back and forth, but, uh. You know, we're going to look at looking at this Ocean Springs-Diarville matchup. You know, I told you we had the whole history here. This yeah. will be the 41st matchup between the two teams. The Warriors have a 23-17 advantage. You know, I, I'd love to have somebody like Thomas Miller come on and we could talk about these uh, the turkey bowl and shrimp bowl from 77 <laughs> and 78 because, you know, we always like joking about that. But, right. you know... Uh, Warriors had won six out of the last seven. Uh, you know, I'm going to be quite honest. Grounds put it on the Warriors last year at Warriors mm-hmm. Stadium. There was no doubt about it. It was 28-9 halftime? Yeah. Or was it 35 uh, half? I think it was 28. But, uh, you know, they Warriors have changed drastically, and, but uh, Greyhounds, slight changes. Uh, still got Hubbard leading yeah. the way. What else, you, what else would you like to add to that? Yeah, so... You're right. I mean, we've we've talked on our broadcast this year. You know, um, so so here's what just and let's talk on an offensive perspective, Jeremy. I mean, you know, David Humphreys, the running back, leaves, and he's at Gulf Coast Community College. And look, everybody loses players every year. Yeah. I, I I get it. You know, 
Um, but I, I believe Holton White is at East Central Community College. Um, Tyler Adair is at Arkansas State. Um, the center is at uh, Millsaps. Evan McNally, the tight end, is gonna is a, uh, a red shirt at Southern Miss playing tight end. So, I mean, think about that. That's five guys that leave your program to go, yeah. go play at the next level. I, I mean, Avery it, Carter's at Gulf Coast. Avery Carter's at Gulf Coast on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, so it doesn't really matter who you are. That's just a lot of bodies to replace. Yeah. A lot of re that's a lot of talent to replace. And so, um, you know, the guys, a lot of the guys that have filled in those positions. So the running back, Will Smith, you look at him. He's a sophomore. He played a lot last year as a freshman. He got a lot of carries in backup duty, mop-up duty, I guess you could call it, you know, when the Hounds would have, you know, a six-touchdown lead in the second half, you know. Um, and, and so even though he is a sophomore, um, he's already got a lot of reps under his belt, and he plays like a – he doesn't play like a sophomore. I mean, he's just really very good. He had a big touchdown run against George County on the second play of the game to kind of, you know, set things off. Look, I know it's just the Jamboree. We're playing Gaucher in the Jamboree. Very good football team. Yeah. He catches a one-handed ball that's that's thrown behind him in the end zone uh, to get the go-ahead points for Ocean Springs. So he's really talented. He had a t couple of touchdown runs against Hancock. The offensive line has re you know replaced the guys that they lost with some really big offensive linemen. You're a former quarterback. You can appreciate a big offensive lineman, right? No doubt. I think you'll see them... You'll see the biggest Ocean Springs offensive line you've probably ever seen in your entire life on Friday night. I mean, these guys have completely bought into what Coach Pennick and his strength and conditioning coaches and the assistant coaches are trying to do from you know a weight perspective in the offseason. I mean, they, they've got guys that are just bigger than they ever have been in Ocean Springs. And he, he even said that. You know, he spoke about that with Coach Hubbard when he was kind of getting hired. He says, you know, we've just never had big offensive linemen. And Coach Penix says, well, we're going to change that. And and we're three years into him being the head coach now, and you're starting to see that. So um, <clears throat> I think on the defensive side of the ball, Jeremy, um, it, all, it all starts up front with the Ocean Springs front four. They are unbelievably talented. Keyshawn Thomas, Trace Carter, Talon Carter to start with are really very good. Talon Carter played a lot last year in the Diabreville game, and he was the reason why the Warriors had so much trouble. Um, I heard after the game last year, the next week, that um, I believe Diabreville played four different centers. Talon yeah. Carter plays nose guard, and he just gave them fits the entire night. They were trying to solve what he was doing, and he, you know, he's, he's young. He's got giant hands. He's got these paws, okay? And he's just really talented and really strong, and he kind of sets the tone. Um, they've got some experience in the secondary, um, but they are without a doubt loaded up in the front four, front seven, you know? Yeah, and I mean, we're talking about an offense and a defense. The offense averages 36 points a game, while defense is only giving up six and a half points a game. 26 yeah. points total yeah. in four ball games. Uh, it's not, not, not too shabby, you know? Uh, well, and I would say, Jeremy, you know, uh, a, a, a real good. Um, kind of indication of, of how and look I mean, it's odd Blake Penix even said it you know he, he's an offensive minded guy he was a you know Cam Akers offensive yeah. coordinator when Cam was at Clinton you know I mean this is what he does and he's he's, he's getting used to the fact that the defense is better than the offense you know at, at least on Friday nights they have been so I far. mean that helps offenses because you don't you know we're right. in this we're in the opposite boat yeah to where the defense has struggled at times yeah and you know you can't score 45 points a Every week night, right. and hope to win. Yeah. 
You know, sometimes if you know if the defense only gives up twenty one, all you need is That's three right. scores and a field goal, That's and you right. win. So I mean, yeah, when, when we're like the opposites in that end, yeah. I would imagine. When we were up at Clinton in week one, um, it was towards the end of the game. You know, we were up. I think it was thirty one thirteen, and there's less than a minute to go in the ball game, and Clinton's driving, and you know, it could be a garbage touchdown. I think they get the ball. It's like fourth and goal at the one, and the Ocean Springs defense stuffed them. And it was just a, you know, you are not going to out-physical us. Yeah. yeah, you know what, this, these points might not mean anything, but they mean something to us. And I think it just changed, it really kind of set the tone for this defense, for the, what's happened in the month since then. And I even said, on, I said, that, that touchdown is the difference between, like, an incredible bus ride home and a good bus ride home. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think they were really celebrating that fact. Yeah, your game, ten, you, you, that bus ride home is very much dictated by how that game finishes and ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I took a bus ride home from Macomb for my last football game, and that was the longest, <laughs> the long, quietest, three hours the worst of your life, drive right? yeah. ever. Yeah. So, uh, Add, add to that your kicker and punter. Is he your punter? No, he, he's, does, he is the kicker. He does No, he does both. Okay. He, he's doing both Bray as the backup punter. Okay. You know, Bray was all state as a punter, I think, as a sophomore. I mean, I have Edmondson with yeah. 24 kickoffs, 14 touchbacks. Yeah. So he is not he is not what we have seen yet where everything is end zone, end zone, end zone, if not close to it. No, I actually asked Coach about that. So I, I, I interview Coach every Friday morning. Um, for our broadcast and uh, you know we played later on that evening and I actually brought up <clears throat> the the both Bart's kicking and we're talking about Bart Edmondson the yes. Ocean Springs kicker and the kickoff coverage and he said um, you know one of the things is you know Bart's gotten better kicking the ball into the end zone he says but you know if he kicks it six seven times you know if they score 40 something points he's like his leg gets tired. Yeah. He, he says it's and it's nothing wrong. I mean, it's just that's the way it is. But, but then they've also gotten better with their kick coverage. They shored up a lot of things. Last year, Jeremy, there was a, you know, same kind of schedule. Uh, we had uh, uh, Clinton at home, Hattiesburg at home, and then we went to George County. And in the first half of the George County, we could not tackle. Couldn't tackle Trent Howell. Couldn't tackle Dorch. They were running all over us. It was 28-21 at the half, George County. And they went into the locker room, and whatever combination of language that they used, they put it all into place, and we came out, and I think we scored 35 on answer points. Then we went into the bye week, and they focused on two things, tackling and kick coverage. And it changed the whole rest of the season, you know, for them. Uh, they've gotten better this year. You know, Bart's got pretty good range. His dad was a kicker at Florida. And he said the other night that he's got range from about 55. Now, I don't know if I believe that. I haven't seen it. I'm not saying the kid can't do it. I just haven't seen it. Hopefully we don't have to, you know, ever be in that situation where they need it. Um, but that's just another good weapon. His punting has been has been pretty pretty good so far this year as well. Um, has he had any? Uh, yeah, field he's, goals yeah, he, so uh, far? I think he's kicked a couple of field goals. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, but his, his punting has gotten better too. He 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 can hang them up there for a couple of seconds, give the coverage you know units time to get down there. So um, it's another weapon that Ocean Springs has. Is it has at its disposal. And also uh, Coulter, you know, the number one wide receiver on the yeah. team. He's your punt returner and your kick returner. I yeah. know he had a kickoff return against George County or against? Uh, Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that, like I said, Bray Hubbard, reigning, reigning 6A player of the year, uh, Alabama commit. The guy has more rushing yards and passing yards, which don't don't mean a whole lot. It just means he's running the ball very good. Yeah. I mean, 
He's a very good passer. Uh, he's had three run 100-yard games on the ground so far. Uh, have you seen anything different out of Bray this year as opposed to last season? Have you? So it, it's not. It's it's. I mean, look, he's very physical. He's obviously very talented. He's going to go play safety in Alabama. It's it's the decisions that he's making. He's just so mature. You know, I mean, we've just noticed. You know, because he, he played a lot as a sophomore also, and um, throws that he would make as a sophomore. He didn't make as many of them as a junior. Now he doesn't make any of those throws. He knows how to tuck it and run. I mean, he's just going to do that first. You know, um, he also understands the value of stepping out of bounds as opposed to lowering your shoulder. And, business and decisions. Business decisions. That's right, yes. And as opposed to lowering, lowering your shoulder and trying to deliver the knockout blow. You know yeah. what? Let's just live to play the next down, and, and we'll go from there. So, Yeah, so, you know, for those of you all who have, haven't seen him, that's Bray Hubbard's number five in your program. Yeah, running back Will Smith that we were talking about earlier is number eight. J.P. Coulter is number 14. And then those three of those defensive linemen Jeff was talking about, number two, Trace Carter, number 12, Will Gray, number 13, Keyshawn Thomas. And then the other Carter is number 92. Yeah, Talon Carter. Talon yeah. Carter. And, so. and Gray's the guy who had the pick six last week against uh, Hancock. And, you know, he's a safety, and he can run back punts. He, he's kind of – He's just always in the middle of it. I mean, he just he just finds himself around the football all the time. Yeah, so uh, that's the background on the Greyhound offense, defense, special teams. Uh, we're going to take another break, get back to you. We're going to do some questions, and uh, just we might talk a little college football if we feel like. Just hang tight. <laughs> Commitment to community is a core value at High Tide Plumbing, LLC. Travis Curtis, owner and master plumber, is a proud alum of the Iberville High School and the Warrior football program. Travis is honored to give back to the community that gave him so much growing up. Call High Tide Plumbing at 601-466-9904 today to talk to a plumbing technician about your upcoming project. High Tide Plumbing, LLC, a proud community sponsor of the Iberville football. Go Warriors! Before next week's game, go buy Quave Brothers Po' Boys and get yourself a pot roast and gravy po' boy or a good old shrimp po' boy dressed and pressed. Whatever you're quaving. Quave Brothers will take care of you. They are located at 10271 D'Auberville Boulevard or give them a call at 228-392-8683 to place your order today. Wetman Security Service has been serving Mississippi and Lower Alabama for more than 45 years. Sweatman Security's mission is to enhance the success of all their clients by providing superior security with the highest degree of integrity and responsiveness. Sweatman Security strives to be the best in every aspect of their business by fostering a culture of trust, teamwork, responsibility, and high expectations. For all your security needs, call Sweatman Security Service at 228 374-4528 or stop by their location at 180 Delani Street, Biloxi. Back here on the Diablo Warrior postgame show with Jeff Shepard covering Ocean, talking Ocean Springs versus Diablo. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a Q&A uh, and the first question comes from Twitter World from the Slick and Dave show, the Pig Yoon podcast guys from Talking Ball, y'all. They want to know if, if if two teams 
from Region 4 6A can win a playoff game this year and move on, I think. Let me pull it up to get it exactly. Two or more teams in a region can win a playoff game. I mean, look, it's always tough. I mean, I think we, we've only seen it twice. Yeah. Um, it, it's weird, though, you know. Okay, so Brandon clearly is very good. Yes. Um, Brandon and Madison Central seem to be the... The sneaky one that I've seen, and, it, and I'm going to say sneaky because of where they went last week and won, and week one on the road. Warren Central. Central, yeah. I think that's one that's going to make a little noise in that Region 3. Um, I would. I, I, I don't wish it on anybody to have Warren Central come into your field as a 3 versus a 2 matchup. Right. Which is what we had last year. Yeah. And uh, so I, I'm just curious on that. It, it still looks like you got, you know, Brandon, Oak Grove, Warren Central. That's the 3 I know about. Uh, Pearl... They're kind yeah. of up in there. Northwest Franken, same yeah. thing. Meridian ain't back to Meridian yet. Pedal, not as good as they have been. Yeah. So, I mean. Well, and I, you know, I haven't really seen any of those other schools. Um, I, I work with some folks who, you know, have live in the Oak Grove district, and they said they're not as good as they have been in years past. Um, take that for what it's worth. You know, I mean, that's a program that, you know, they know how to win every year. So, um, I'll believe that when I see it. It's just a tough matchup for the coast schools. Yeah. I, it just – I mean, there have been years – I know you know this. There have been years where Diabreville, I'm thinking, okay, I mean, I could see them in South State, and they can't, and they don't get out the first round. I think and it's, it's nothing against Diabreville. It's just a tough matchup. It's the matchup. It's always been the matchups. I mean, I remember – okay, so this would have been Jaden Wally's senior year. They win the district. Yeah. They, they, they're going to host Brandon at home. Brandon's coming in as a four seed with the current – the current Mississippi State starting quarterback is yeah. Will Rogers. Right. Of course, Wally got the concussion during St. Martin. He did not play any during the game. But, you know, when I, I remember watching those two on TV, and there was just such a difference yeah. in size. Yeah, that's right. A lot of those, Brandon, Oak Grove, you know, pedal, There's it's a size differential that comes into play when it gets down to these nitty-gritty games. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know... Y'all had a good shot last year, you know, yeah. and then you just ran into a, a brick wall at, at times during yeah. the Oak Grove game, mm -hmm. you know, and, but, you know, I, I like the question from Dave, you know, I'm, so far as the coast teams, and, and I'm not just talking 6A, you know, I expect Picky to contend, if not win it, in yeah. five. Yeah. Um, 4A, I think Popperville's got a good shot. You know, it's all going to depend what they do with Columbia I when they sleep, get to that point. And I wouldn't sleep on Gauthier either. Gauthier is five A. Yeah, Gauthier. When you can, when you sling it around the way you sling it. Yeah. You know, anything can happen. I think. Know? I think it's. I think we probably have a better time answering this question in about three weeks. I think we just need to know a little bit. We more. We might get back to it. That's right. I just think we need to know a little bit more about these teams. So we're gonna pull up some of the questions from Facebook, and uh, I'll, I'll answer this one because I know the answer to it. But uh, Matthew Goff wants to know, and he's referring to our broadcast, the Diarville broadcast. He says, "Who is Matt from Biloxi, and why is he so popular?" So that's the first part of his two questions. Well, first answer to that is that. Matt from Biloxi is a Biloxi fan who at one point when Darville was playing Biloxi, he did not like the, the answer that Kevin Roberts or the way Kevin was talking about certain things on the broadcast. And he proceeded to email 
the athletic director, the principal at Darville, and a handful of other people mm. to basically, I don't know if you want him to slap on the wrist for Kevin. I don't know. So Kevin, of course, took offense to it. So that's why Kevin always brings up Biloxi, Matt from Biloxi. Uh, <laughs> second question from Matthew Goff. When is Darville going to get the overall stadium slash field house upgrade that everyone else had? has had, including other Harrison County schools. He says it's time. I totally agree with him. And as much as some of the, you know, quote, old timers might not want to hear this, I think it's getting to be the time where we need to see a stadium on campus at the school. And the only reason why I say that is because you can get new facilities. You can get a nice up-to-date press box that don't have 40 million windows to look out of and bricks to dodge along with maybe, I don't know, some internet, a little Wi-Fi, you know, and plus the, the dressing room situation. I mean, the dressing room that the visitors dress in is the, when I was in school, which is, we're talking 26 years ago now, was back in the 20, 27 years since my last football season. That was back in the 1900s. So... The dressing room that the visiting team goes in. Back then, that was the ninth grade dressing room and the seventh and eighth grade dressing room. So you can imagine how small it is. Yeah. And now they expect us to be, we're fixing to be in the 7A classification, the highest of the high, and we're still putting them in this small room. I mean, I watched Biloxi last week. Where did they, what did they do at halftime? They sat in the end zone. Yeah. I don't, can't blame them. It's a small room and it's hot. And you can't like split up into the offensive groups and, and do anything so you know as much as i hate to say it i'd be fine if they renovated certain things at diarville i mean i similar to how y'all is i don't want to switch sides yeah but how y'all added bleachers on to the home side mm -hmm. you know a press box on the visitor's side be nice that sort of thing but uh let's go i'm gonna i'm gonna go to a question from one of our other good friends justin sutton and you can start with this one he okay. says if you had a battle royal with all the coaches in the lower six counties, who would win? Let's see. Lewis Sims went to the Naval Academy. Okay. I'm just, you know, just throwing that out there. Um, I'm see. trying, I'm, I'm no offense to the guys, but I'm trying to think of all the older coaches <laughs> that might not need to be in a wrestling ring. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to think of. And I can't uh, think of any right now. Let's see. I'm trying to think who. I know a couple that I would. I don't know if I would like to see across from the ring from me. Well, I mean, Ladner's well, Ladner's young and Josh Ladner. Josh Ladner. Power. He's a powerlifting coach. Oh, that's it. Yeah. But I don't know about being across from somebody like John Archie. Yeah. Or John Feaster from Stone. Yeah. Those two come Those off the top of my head. Very large. Um, yes. Cody Stogner at Picayune. He's not a big guy. But he's a stout guy, yeah. shall we say? Uh -huh. uh, you know, I think that's that would be a tough. That, he'd be a tough guy to get over the top rope. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think. I can't think of any. You know, basically older guys that are out of the that get put to the side automatic. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know. Coach Penix, an offensive guy. He's maybe an offensive you know, maybe, guy. maybe he'd do little, one of those. And he's a little stocky. Maybe too. he could do one of those moves where you know he comes in and gets a few things, and he ducks off under the bottom <laughs> rope, 
and he pretends people to be, forget about him, right? People forget about him, and then he sneaks in and tips somebody over right at the end. Yeah. So, um, another question from our one of our other good buddies, Tommy Domenico, wants to know: Can you match each school with characters from The Wire? Okay. Um, Let's start with Omar. Who is going to be Omar? I mean, well, I, I was going to say. Or go however you want. Well, Let's go. I mean, to me, Diabrio would be Omar. I mean, to me, they're the king, you know, that you got to go after. I was going to say the Admirals. Do the whistle. Okay. <laughs> Not yeah. on cue. I would say the Admirals would have to be uh, one of the Sabakas, you know, because the port stuff. Okay. You know, okay. that'd be Gulfport. So they'd be like season two. They, maybe they'd be Ziggy, you oh. know. <laughs> Driving up in Princess. That's Princess, to, that's to right, yeah. Milner yeah. Stadium. Right. Uh, I, I, I think um, St. Martin would be Prisbaluski. <laughs> I don't know why. I just <laughs> wanted to say that. Uh, um, I think Ocean Springs would be... Um, Are they like McNulty? Oh, God. McNulty? God, I hope not. Um, no, I was going to say Ocean Springs would be like um, Cedric and his wife, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, a little fancy. Well, <laughs> um, I think Biloxi's McNulty. I'm trying. I'm trying to see who we can get. Who? I'm trying to think of who would be the, the uh, you know, the uh, Avon and Stringer. I'm trying to think. Uh, right. You know, and and who's Prop Joe? You know, <laughs> is Prop Joe? Uh, oh, never mind. It's a slant up. Prop Joe is uh, Moss Point all day, hundred <laughs> percent. But. Uh, you know, now I got to rewatch the wires. What you're telling me? But uh, yeah, that's you know we always like talking about the wire. It all circles around to the wire. But uh, going away from that, college football. You know, we're gonna tell you, throw. We're not even gonna talk about week one because that concerns both of us. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, but, I, I I wish Brian Kelly would have gone for two. That's all I'm gonna but, say. You know, after watching him play against Mississippi State Southern. In this past weekend, how, how what's the outlook on the LSU Tigers going so, forward? So, I mean, we go we go to Auburn this weekend. Um, Auburn's struggling, you know. Um, they're struggling to score points. Um, I, I would, you know, LSU they look really good in the no huddle offense. I think they've kind of figured that out. They ran that a lot this last week against New Mexico. Um, so I think that might be something that they try to do. Um, Kayshawn Butte really hasn't contributed a lot this year. He, he just had a, a child this last week and he yep. didn't play. So hopefully he gets back in and, and wants to play some football for LSU. Um, you know, they had that injury on that defensive line, Mason Smith, in the Florida State game. And I think that really is going to hurt him, you know, throughout the year. Um, I think things are going exactly kind of as I figured they are. You know, they, they, they don't have a full complement of 85 scholarship players. You know, the, the program was not in a good place when, when Coach O left. And so, um, I think Brian Kelly's learning a lot about what it's like in the SEC. I was very impressed with how they handled Mississippi State in the second half. Yeah. I think State's good this year. State has got an awful schedule. I mean, they have a really, really bad schedule. Yeah, these next four games is tough. For I mean, they, they're, you know, they have to play all the teams in the West. Their permanent is Kentucky, and their alternate from the East is Georgia. Yep. So it, it's just a – I think State could be a very good football team that loses seven football games this year, and, you know? And, and, I they're, mean, and, they're, and here I notice here today they, they've sent it out, but it's like – they're getting all the 11 o'clock games. That's right. You know, they, well, they play Texas A&M this coming up Saturday at 3. Yep. But then they're playing Arkansas again the following week at 11 a.m. And they picked uh, LSU and Tennessee is going to be at 11 o'clock in the morning as well. CBS selected Georgia and Auburn for some reason. I guess they like cigars. Got to love that Stetson Bennett, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, Florida State, I'm happy they're 4-0. 
this past Saturday night was it was it was fun. I enjoyed game one, of course, not because I was messing with you, just because of where I was at, sure, and what I was dealing with at the time. I mean, I was in a Starkville walk-ons watching the game because <laughs> we were up there, and when y'all scored the touchdown, the the would-be tying touchdown, yeah. all of a sudden I hear some cheering. I don't know if it's cheering because they're closet tigers, or if they're just cheering because it's SEC. chaos. Yeah, it's chaos in the SEC, right? So. Of course, I get I get a little irritated until he blocks the extra point, and then I just start doing the chop everywhere <laughs> in the parking lot and whatnot. But uh, you know, I enjoyed Jordan Travis. I think I thought he was going to be the next factor in the game against y'all, and you know, here he is doing just what we want him to do. You know, he's distributing the ball, getting up and down. You know, the the kickoff return to start the game against Boston College, first sellout we've had. Yes. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. So, I'm expecting a lot out of them. We got a tough matchup this week against Wake Forest. It's at home. But I think our next three run, I want to say it's Wake Forest, NC State, and then Clemson. So, I'd love it if we could be sitting 6-0 and going into the Clemson game. Right. And get, uh, I want to say it's at home as well. And it would be nice to see game day back in Tallahassee for a change. <laughs> Hadn't seen it in a while, but, you know. So what's uh, what's the Avril got to do to win this football game Friday night? Uh, limit the mistakes. You know they've struggled. They struggled at times, like we talked about early in the season. A lot of guys that haven't seen the field as much as they. You know we graduated thirty five seniors, yeah. so it's a lot of new players that haven't played a whole lot. And they, I've, I've all, all I've talked about the last couple of weeks is we got to stay ahead of schedule and ahead of the sticks. Yeah. And, you know, we I've seen good drives where we're just drive, 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 and then next thing you know, it's a hold and call uh, motion. And yeah. then next thing you know, we're in second and 20. And there's not too many teams that have second and 20 plays in the playbook. Yeah. And definitely not Coach Ladner when he's, you know, he sticks mainly to his wing tee, but he will spread it out somewhat. I think we'll have – in order for us to win, obviously we'd have to slow y'all down a little bit. Right. I think Coach needs to – to slow the game, shorten the game, shorten the amount of possessions for, for y'all and for us. You know, if we were to get, if we if we win the turnover battle, I think we got a good shot. Yeah. Um, that's it's. I think it's still a tough task to ask, but uh, you know, I just want them to continue to improve. Uh, hopefully, it's his first season. I'd like him to give him a little bit of time. You know. If he wasn't a Diarville guy, everybody always told me if he's not a Diarville guy, well, he is a Diarville guy. So let's give the Diarville guy some time. That's right. But uh, I think we, like I said, we created a few turnovers. Defense tackles better than they have been, and just shores up on the running game a little bit. You know, I, I think we can get in it, but we can't let y'all jump out ahead of us quick yeah. as y'all did last year. Right. Which I don't expect to see that. I think that's going to be in this rear their minds and they're, they're going to remember that from that if i'm coach ladner i don't let them forget about that so on what on your side of the ball what do you what do you think what are you looking forward to with us coming in knowing where we're at well i think you know defensively for ocean springs they need to kind of do the same thing if they can create a turnover get an extra possession or two yeah. something like that to where um i mean if they continue to play the way that they've played for the first month of the season 
they'll be successful. I mean, even if the optimal scores 10 points in the first half or even two touchdowns, and there's a bunch of other possessions where they don't do anything, I think you're, you know, you're giving Ocean Springs the offense the opportunity to, you know, be successful, touch the ball a lot, get on the board. Um, I think that that's what the defense needs to do. They need, you know, shut down the running game, which is which has been their strength so far this year. Um, they do a really good job of playing assignment football, staying in their lanes, keeping contained, you know, not letting quarterbacks kind of look. The George County quarterback is young, and they threw the ball like fifty times, and he only really broke loose for like one or two runs the whole night. You know, he wanted to throw the football. So if they can, if, and if the Abrils not going to throw the ball a lot, which it doesn't sound like they do, it comes and goes. Comes and it goes, just yeah. depends. So I think if they can, you know, if they can control the game, and again. Quick three and outs, get get the offense the ball back. At that point, you know you're playing percentages, and you're just like, yeah. how often can you shut Bray Hubbard down? Where no one's really been able to do it consistently, you know. So, um, and and then on the offensive side of the ball, they need to protect the football, like you said. Don't give away possessions. Um, clean up all the penalties. You know, we're, we're we're a month into the season now. We don't need to be jumping off sides. We don't need to have any of those illegal procedure penalties. You're giving away free yardage, and um, I mean. They they need another receiver to to step in and realize there's an opportunity and and catches to be you know balls to be caught. Yeah. Um, Bray's looking to throw the football to somebody. He and Will Smith can do it all by themselves. They they did that you know in the second half against Hancock. I know that's not how they want to run the offense. Um, they want to be able to be multi-dimensional. Um, and I think if they can establish some of that, they're a tough football team to beat. Well, it's been fun. I appreciate it. I always like talking. I always like to talk to you, my buddy, so you know that. Uh, <laughs> one last question. And I want you to think real and hard, long and hard about this. Okay. How much do you miss Greyhound, Tony? <laughs> oh, every game. I mean, come on. I, I saw I saw, uh, I get a notification from Shutterfly every Friday that says, you know, these are your photos from four years ago or whatever like that. The last two Fridays has been pictures of me and Greyhound Tony at homecoming over the years. Tell them about Greyhound Tony's suit. Uh, Greyhound Tony has a um, I'm, I, uh, royal blue, I believe, would be the color. I mean, it is a bright blue suit that he would wear. Uh, he'd, he'd break it out once a year for homecoming games when Ocean Springs would play. And uh, he was always at every single football game. When I worked at the TV station, he used to call in the scores after every football game. He was the number one Greyhound. Yeah, he, you got you got Greyhound Tony. And obviously, everybody knows on our side, you got Buddy. Buddy, right. Buddy Mills. So, buddy was texting me the other day. I didn't realize it was him. He got a new phone. He got number. a new phone. So, He'll, uh, he got to let everybody know what his new new yeah, number was. That's so, right. But I uh, really appreciate it. It's been fun, like always. Uh, we'll see you Friday night. All right, buddy. Thanks, man.